here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Music. No beginning, no end. An infinite chord progression that humbles our mortality. But there are songs in life that transcend our fate. Songs crafted by gods among men that defy time to forget them. These are the songs that echo through the ages. Always heard, never to grow old. Born of rhythm, christened with soul. They are testament to the strong, the mighty, the eminent. Melodies that defy their own mortality to forge an audible imprint in the annals of time. Like the mythic guitars of ancient Stamford, they may thrill us, inspire us, at times make us angry, but they will never let us forget them. Tonight is their night, their podcast, their moment of ultimate sampling. For this is their theater, their recording studio, their chance for harmony. Welcome to Music of the Mat, the soundtrack of the immortals. You're listening to Music of the Mat on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Music of the Mat, a podcast devoted exclusively to the music of professional wrestling. It's all part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. I'm the barbarian, Andrew Rich, and joining me on this muscular mystery tour, as always, is my good friend and partner, the Scorelord. Chris Maffei. Together, we are your hosts, the Power Chords of Pain. Chris, you want to say the line. This is the perfect episode to say the line. So please, let's get it out of the way. Say the line. Music of the map, baby! Woo! <laughs> there you go. It's out of the way now. We can we can move past it. Um, explain to people what that is, by the way. What what is that? What is that? Where does that come from? People that don't know. Uh, it's it's the greatest thing of all time. It's the big show at WWF New York at WrestleMania X8. And he's in the crowd. He has a child. He's holding a child, a random child. We don't know whose child this is. It might be the WrestleMania baby that he keeps referring to. <laughs> and uh, he's he's just delighted to not be on the show and to be at WWF New York eating bad chicken wings. Uh, and, and the food was terrible there. I've been there. I went there for one of my birthdays as a kid. I saw oh, oh. And uh, the food was horrible. I don't know why he would be happy to be there, but he was. He's the most delightful man of all time. And uh, that's the most delightful thing of all time. So, yeah. R- R- WrestleMania, baby. Woo! Woo! Half-hearted crowd right you know, around him. Just 
Hey, wrestling, big show. Hey. The girl, the girl was excited though. The girl he was holding, very excited. That that's important. That's very important. That that arm never came down. Nope, nope. <laughs> uh, before we get any further, we should uh, mention Chris. Uh, our last episode, episode four, the NW episode, huge response, overwhelmingly, you know, great responses from so many people. So we just want to thank everyone so much for their great uh, feedback from us. You know, again, thank you so much to everyone. It's honestly just really cool and, and really flattering that the episode resonated with so many people. You know, for everyone who uh, let us know, you know, on Twitter or anyone who let us know privately that they really enjoyed the episode, we really, we really do appreciate it. We have a blast doing this. We're a couple of music nerds mm-hmm. slash wrestling nerds. So this is, man, we love doing this. So thank you to everyone once again. Today's episode, episode five, we are doing a different type of theme history episode today. Uh, normally when we do a theme history episode, we go over all of the themes that a wrestler has. Today, though, we're doing a pay-per-view theme history, uh, WrestleMania, of course. And because we have over 30 years of WrestleMania themes, we're going to change things up a bit. We can't do every single WrestleMania theme. It would take forever. So what we did was Chris and I, we each picked five themes from the history of WrestleMania we wanted to talk about. Um, so 10 themes in total. We also have the uh, the themes for this upcoming WrestleMania, WrestleMania 33. Uh, we're not going to rank the themes. We're not going to do any Fave 5s or Unfave 5s. We're just going to lay them on the table and just do, do an old school discussion about them. And we're also going to go in chronological order. Uh, before we get to that, uh, Chris, I just want to ask you real quick. Uh, what was your first WrestleMania you, you ever watched? I got into wrestling probably in between 13 and 14. So I want to say that the first one that I watched live or semi-live, or taped, I probably watched it on tape delay, was WrestleMania 14. But the first WrestleMania thing that I ever saw, period, was Steve Austin versus Bret Hart at WrestleMania 13. And that's the match that really hooked me as a kid, got me super into Austin, and also Bret Hart. And I remember the the final image of that match, Austin's face just covered in blood, passes out in the sharpshooter, what, just... Iconic, incredible, hooked me for life. I've been a fan ever since. Love it. So that's really the WrestleMania that hooked me, if only just for that one match. My first Mania was uh, Mania 20 back in uh, 2004. I was very excited for it. It was my first course. It was your first Mania when you were a kid. All this hype I hear about, oh, it's WrestleMania. It's so big. It's the most important show of the year. It's the biggest show of the year. And, you know, looking back, it's obviously it's bittersweet considering uh, it ends with Benoit and Guerrero hugging in the ring. They're the world champions of their respective brands. Obviously, what happened to Eddie and Chris, it's definitely hard to think about it now. But even without that, it's a very iconic WrestleMania. You had a lot of cool stuff on it. You had you know, Cena winning his first title, the U.S. title, by beating Big Show. You had the Rock and Saw connection teaming up for the final time against Evolution. Uh, Molly Holly got her head shaved. That was fun. Uh, Undertaker Undertaker came back as the Phenom after being buried alive by Kane. Uh, also as the most exciting match of all time, uh, Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg, which was just the most incredible match I've ever seen. You know, that's a match worthy of having an entire article written about it. You know, it's funny you say that, Chris. Voicesofwrestling.com, you will find my new article about Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg from WrestleMania 20. And how it was the most disappointing match of my entire wrestling fandom. It's tremendous. Everyone check it out. Chris, WrestleMania... What about the moments? The moments. What about the moments, Chris? Come on. Because, listen, fuck the matches, all right? Fuck, fuck the matches. And there's so many because you have an entire history of shows just built around moments. 
And uh, it's really, you know what? I, I think my favorite moment would have to be WrestleMania, baby. Woo! Ah, for God's sake. Go, man. Come on. <laughs> right, no, Come just, on. just seriously. Seriously, though. though. Seriously, though. What is your favorite, what is your favorite moment? In all seriousness, my favorite WrestleMania, you know, I, I, I might have to go back to, uh, to Austin and Brett. And Austin passing out in the sharpshooter, face full of blood, iconic image. Put it on the back of a t-shirt, blood from a stone, one of my favorite wrestling t-shirts of all time. Incredible. How could you watch that and, and not get fired up? You know, my favorite one of uh, in recent memory was Cesaro winning the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Yeah. Because uh, I'm a dyed-in-the-wool Cesaro fan ever since he was on the Indies such a great moment and the optimism that i had coming out of that moment i mean i would soon be proven horribly wrong but still he still had the real americans theme at that point so it was perfect like this is this was pre swiss made you know this is when he was still rocking with the real americans theme so it was just a perfect moment for me so you know what i'm gonna go with that one cesaro winning the battle royal okay and you know who he threw out of the battle royal well it's wrestlemania baby woo paul white baby woo (laughs) Uh, my favorite moment of WrestleMania of all time is uh, the ending of Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels 2 at uh, Mania 26, where uh, Taker, you know, he's got Shawn Michaels, you know, pretty much dead to rights. He's about to do the throat, the throat slash, and you just, he just stops, and he looks down at Shawn, he's like, come on, man, seriously, you're going to make me do this? And Shawn just, with his, you know, his finger just grasping on Undertaker, he gets right in his face, and he slaps him as hard as he can. Undertaker, you know, he takes a couple steps back. He just looks, he just this angry, just look at Shawn Michaels. He grabs him, jumping tombstone, pile driver, one, two, three. Just, oh my God, the emotion within that thing. Just the, just the symbolism of, you know, Shawn Michaels just going out, like going out in style. Undertaker doing like the extra oomph of the jumping tombstone just to end Shawn Michaels' career. It's, uh, what a moment for me. And I'll agree with you there on Cesaro, too. That was such a cool moment uh, when he won the Battle Royal. Moment mania. Now is the moment for WrestleMania themes. So we're going to start with 1985, WrestleMania 1. This is a song by Philip Bailey and Phil Collins, a duet. It was released on Philip Bailey's 1984 album, Chinese Wall. This is Easy Lover. say Chris Phil Collins love the guy love his solo work love his stuff in Genesis Philip Bailey you may not recognize the name right away but you'll recognize the band he's in Earth Wind and Fire he's the guy with the, the uh, falsetto voice he sings lead on Fantasy and Reason and Re- <laughs> yeah that song and Reasons he's the co-lead on Shining Star September Getaway Boogie Wonderland all the hits so he's you know he's that guy so yeah, you get, you get Phil Collins, you get Philip Bailey. It's this beautiful vanilla chocolate mix of pop perfection. This is Easy Lover. It's such a great song, Chris. A lovely song. Yeah, this is this is one of those look to the cookie songs. And really, this is incredible. You got an artist like Phil Collins, who's one of the whitest guys of all time, 
Then you have Philip Bailey, who's just the epitome of soul from Earth, Wind, and Fire. Soul and funk and just everything great about music. And you mash them together. Mm-hmm. Look to the cookie. And this gets me fired up to play Grand Theft Auto Vice City. I don't know about you. You know, I never played Vice City. What? I, I started with San Andreas. Mm. What can I say? Okay, all right. Yeah, there you go. All right. W- regardless, incredible song. Catchy as all hell, really. Uh, something really cool about the song, I think, is that, you know, Phil, obviously he's a singer, obviously, but he's still a drummer, and he drums on the song. Also, some little nice little fun fact here, the guitarist uh, for the song is a guy named Daryl Sturmer, who was the touring guitarist for Genesis. Oh, wow. For, for many, many years. So that's a cool little factor. So it's a nice, it's a nice blend of two guys and sort of different planes of the pop world, but they're coming together to make this really just catchy-ass pop song. It's kind of like us. Yeah. You'd be Phil Collins. I'd be Philip Bailey. This would be our karaoke song, I think. Oh, definitely. If we ever met up, I think we'd have to do some karaoke, and this would be song number one on the set list. Music aside, the lyrics, I think we'll get into that now. It's very interesting that this is a WrestleMania theme because it's a love song. You don't really think of this type of song and think of associated with WrestleMania. The song's about a girl who is easy to fall in love with, but you can't hold on to her. And you try to do it, but, you know, don't do it because you just fail. And the narrator of the song is just warning you, don't do this. She's an easy lover. She'll wreck your heart. You're not the only guy to have this happen to him because, you know, the narrator, he was like you once. So it's kind of interesting how this song was chosen to be a WrestleMania theme, the very first WrestleMania theme. And it begs the question, is WrestleMania truly an easy lover? You know, this song, I think, it's about wrestling as a whole, really. Yeah. I mean, let, let's, let's go through it. You'll fall in love with it hard. Check. She's not going to love you back. Check. You want to control it. Fantasy booking. Check. You're not the only one. Check. I mean, th- this is wrestling. Look, look at the lyrics. You're the one that wants to hold her. Hold her and control her. You'd better forget it. You'll never get it. I mean, this is just wrestling fandom right there. Absolutely. And the line that really hits it home for me is, and don't try to change her. Just leave it. Just leave it. <laughs> I mean, that says it all right there. Listen, Collins and Bailey, they know the scoop on wrestling fans. Oh, yeah. They know our psyche. They know our psyche real well. Now, interesting that it took them until really the early 2000s for them to start using commercial music again as WrestleMania themes, because they wouldn't do this for quite some time. No, no, it's really an anomaly in this early era, this the Hogan era of the WrestleMania themes, really. We would be remiss if we did not mention throughout this episode... Just the ridiculous WrestleMania intros that Vince McMahon would do over these songs. Because, yeah. Let me tell you something. I'm pretty sure Vince McMahon invented hardcore music. His screaming is second to none. He's one of the best. One of the best screamers ever. His, uh, his. WrestleMania! The World Wrestling Federation! <laughs> it's not WrestleMania, it's WrestleMania. <laughs> He, rep- he goes in, he control Fs, he finds all the E's, and he yep. and he replaces them with U's. Replace all, replace all, yeah. WrestleMania. <laughs> hey, pal, it's WrestleMania. From Madison Square Garden, the World Wrestling Federation presents WrestleMania. The Executioner to meet Tito Santana. Special Delivery Jones versus King Kong Bundy. Ricky Steamboat versus Matt Bourne. Brutus Beefcake to tangle with David Sammartino. Greg Valentine to meet the challenger, Junkyard Dog. The tag team title matchup. The champions, Wyndham and Rotundo, to meet the challengers, Nikolai Volkov and the Iron Sheik. The $15,000 slam match, Andre the Giant, to meet Big John Studd. 
The World Wrestling Federation Ladies Championship matchup. Leilani Kai, the champion, to meet the challenger, Wendy Richter. And in the main event, Mr. Wonderful, Paul Orndorff and Rowdy Roddy Piper face World Wrestling Federation champion, Hulk Hogan and Mr. T. Special guest referee, Muhammad Ali. Special ring announcer, Billy Martin. Special timekeeper, Liberace. And now we take you to your announcers at ringside. So I'll just to wrap up with Easy Lover, Chris, a couple of facts here about the song. Number one in the UK, Ireland, the Netherlands, and Canada. Number two in the US, went gold in the US and UK. It won the best overall performance in a music video at the MTV Music Awards in uh, 1985. And it was also nominated for a Grammy for Best Pop Performance by a Duo Slash Group with vocals in 1986. Which, really, no surprise there. Well deserved. And you know, that music video is really cool. It's like a video of them shooting a video of them shooting a video. Next up will be a theme done by Jimmy Hart for WrestleMania 6, 7, and 8. This is a song called The Grand Spectacle. For title, it's the ultimate challenge. It's WrestleMania. Prepare to explode. Uh, what do you think of that one, pal? Mm, was that okay, Jim, Jimmy. Was that okay? WrestleMania Six has to be the best Vince intro of all time. I mean, he goes help, help, and for love. Upon the examination of the galaxies of space, images begin to appear. Images of strange and powerful forces. But of all the forces in the universe, the two most powerful, Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior, prepare to explode. Champion versus champion, title for title. It's the Ultimate Challenge. It's WrestleMania. You know, there are a few people in, in pro wrestling that I feel should be in bands. Vince McMahon's one of them. Tomowaki Hanma, another one. <laughs> Sachi Hoko Boy. Mm-hmm. Give them all bands. Tenaru. Let's not forget Tenaru. Yeah. Chris, the grand spectacle. This is one you picked. This is such a, a big time sporting event feel with this one, with the guitars and the horns. You know what it is? It's like a sister song to uh, The Score oh. by Emerson, Lake and Powell, which is New Japan's, you know, big theme. That's what I felt when I was listening to that, it. Yeah, that's, that's kind of a good little comparison there. And, you know, mm-hmm. it just, it feels right. It feels like everything that is good about 80s, early 90s wrestling, mm-hmm. it just feels right. You know, you got Vince screaming over it. It's just, it's the best shit ever, you know? And I feel like this and the classic Royal Rumble theme are just so untouchable as far as classic wrestling music goes. You hear them and just the images in your head, if you've watched anything from that time, it stays with you. It's so memorable. And to me, that is the best part of any wrestling theme is you close your eyes, the things you see in your head that that music evokes. And this definitely evokes great memories of things that we've all watched and we all know and love. You know, special WrestleMania six. I mean, that's a that's a, a lot of people probably hold that event and that main event in such high esteem. It's a big one. And, uh, and this was, of course, WrestleMania six, seven, and eight. 
So this one had some legs. It was around for a little while. You know, another uh, classic Jimmy Hart song, if ever there was one. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the classic story of Edge being in the crowd for WrestleMania six with Ultimate Warrior versus Hulk Hogan. And really, this song is such an, like I said, it's such a big time feel to it. It's not just guitars, it's the horns as well as the trumpets, you know, it's it's such a it's such a gladiator type thing, you know? It's like it's like this is we're getting ready for WrestleMania. This is going to be a big deal. This is a big contest coming up. And with Vince screaming too, that just adds to it. When he's screaming about, among the examination of the galaxies of space, <laughs> images begin to appear. Images of strange and powerful forces. But of all the forces in the universe, the two most powerful, Hulk Hogan and the ultimate warrior, prepare to explode. Like, this is WrestleMania, for God's sake. Has that big time feel. Get you pumped. Get you ready. That's exactly what it's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Actually, this intro here, the little guitar riff in the intro, reminds me a little bit of Dice K. Sekimoto's theme. I don't know if anyone else feels that way, but just a little little tidbit there kind of reminds me of that. Great theme. Great theme. The grand spectacle, big thumbs up. Definitely big thumbs up. Next up, theme number three. This is for WrestleMania's 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, and 14. So a lot of legs on this one. This was used multiple times in a row. Uh, this is sung by Mike Stock. And Pete Waterman. It was produced by Simon Cowell, and it's originally found on WrestleMania the album, uh, which was released in 1993. This is uh, the song WrestleMania. song is sort of a very much this is what the this is this song was to the new generation was uh what what you know the, the grand spectacle was to the Hulk Hogan era this is like the one that people would think of when they think of WrestleMania during this time period and it is a far swing to the left from the grand spectacle this is new this is new jack swing at its finest hour we've got funky jams we've got fancy fingerwork on the keyboards it is crazy what this song is this is my favorite Wrestlemania theme song and a lot of people told us that this is their favorite as well Uh, and you know I think it's because it was used for so many years I think this is what instantly comes to mind for most people when they think of Wrestlemania themes you know and it, it doesn't hurt that it's called Wrestlemania and it was on Wrestlemania the album Now, I don't know if many people are aware of the existence of the entire album, but I think this song for sure, especially since it had a music video, and also because it was also the theme song of, of course, the administrator of the small business administration, Mm -hmm. which is a very redundant title when you think about it, but that's neither here nor there. Linda McMahon! This was used as her theme song for a while. Yeah, the most charismatic, most entertaining performer in WWE history, Linda McMahon. Man, the way she would come out and make Austin the CEO every time. Oh, it's great. That was all she did. That's all she did. That's all she ever did. She came out, she either got slapped or made Austin the CEO. Well, Vince. Incredible. Well, Vince, let's talk business. <laughs> Just, Linda, a little, little more pep in your step there, Linda. Come on now. This song, I mean, the instrumental, of course, everyone knows. Everyone knows Linda McMahon came out to it. We've all heard it. There is a version with vocals 
which we will we will discuss in depth when we do a full-on WrestleMania the album review, which we're gonna save it. Yep. Which will probably be coming sooner than later because we don't necessarily have to wait because the entire album isn't WrestleMania themed. We thought we wanted to maybe do it here, but we decided to go this route. So be on the lookout for a WrestleMania the album review at some point. But focusing on basically just the instrumental for 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 this discussion here. I mentioned this in our Undertaker episode when we talked about The Man in Black, also featured on that album. Yes. But uh, this song, to me, heavily inspired by Black or White by Michael Jackson. And Because uh, I, I, first of all, if you want to enjoy WrestleMania, it don't matter if you're black or white. Mm-mm. Or any race. WrestleMania is for all people. All colors welcome. But you know what, to me, this even, I'll take it a step further. This sounds like if Black or White was a song from Wave Race 64. Do you remember that video game? You are bringing me back, man. You are bringing me back with that one. D- is, is that not what this sounds like? I mean, you got the new Jack Swing drums, but you also got like the, you know, the... Yeah, yeah, man, it's it's such a, you know, it's such a fun song, too. Like, like Grand Spectacle, it was, you know, big, big time feel, big seriousness to it, I think you could say. But this is just more like a, like a fun WrestleMania theme. And uh, I will mention, though, Something that immediately jumped out to me from the very beginning, those first four notes that dun 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 dun, I immediately thought of Ikari no Jushin Liger, oh. Jushin Thunder Liger's theme. Oh that, yes, dun 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 dun, dun, dun like, I immediately thought of that. In fact, if we can just play a little bit of the first WrestleMania uh, four notes intro here, and now the Jushin Thunder Liger four notes intro here. You know who also has some orchestral hits in the beginning of his theme song? Who would that be? The love of my life, Cyber Kong. So yeah, this is just a swing. This is just fun. WrestleMania theme. So so upbeat and peppy. You know what it is? It's like a 90s daytime talk show theme song. You know? Yeah. You, you just picture Linda McMahon. You know, no, no, not Linda McMahon, like Linda. That's all it is. It's just it's Linda with like a swirly red ink, <laughs> you know. Welcome to Linda with today's guests, Jason Patrick, Nev Campbell. Musical guest Joan Osborne. Like this is like it's this is what that song is to me. That's what I hear. And she would somehow still make Austin the CEO. Somehow, great a great WrestleMania theme. I mean, great WrestleMania. Uh, when it's all said and done, I think this is this is one of the big ones that people look back on with fond memories. And uh, I, I think my fondest memories of it, though, tie into the vocal version, which again. We'll set that up for our WrestleMania The Album review. So be on the lookout for that because that is going to be a fucking hoot. Ever since I was a little bitty boy, I, I got to stop myself. That, that, I, can't, I can't do it now. I got to uh, stop myself up. from doing Big Boss Man. God damn it. I got to stop myself from doing it. The climb to the top <laughs> of the World Wrestling Federation. Tatanka will be successful. I said, are you ready for the Survivor Series? Now, first of all, that doesn't even make sense. It's WrestleMania. It's a WrestleMania. Chris, no, no, we can't do it now. We can't the, do it now. Long, long-term, long-term booking. We gotta do Gato on this. We gotta do long-term booking on this motherfucker. We can't do it now. God damn it. They were setting up for Survivor Series on the WrestleMania theme, and we're <laughs> setting up for our WrestleMania The Album Review on the WrestleMania themes episode. So we'll leave it at that. That's a sample. Yeah, layers upon layers upon layers of, of things we got going on here. Let's move on to our next theme. This is one that I picked. Uh, we're going to jump ahead to WrestleMania 2000 uh, with a song that was uh, not released at the time, but it was later released on the 2002 compilation album 
WWE Anthology, the Attitude Era disc. This is a Jim Johnston original featuring the rapper Ike Dirty. This is California. Uh, right. I've been preaching this all my life, right, bro? Knock the windows. Watch out. There we go. Lock your windows. You know, Chris, uh, Ike Dirty raps a lot about the City of Angels and Inglewood and Compton and all those places. Uh, WrestleMania 2000 took place in none of those locations. It took place, it took place in Anaheim. He's, Ike Dirty is rapping about Los Angeles. You know, he's saying all this stuff about, you know, City of Angels. It's Anaheim, goddammit. Get your shit together, Ike. Well, listen, there's a lot in this song. That doesn't make sense. There is. And we'll do... I think we have to do a full lyrical breakdown here. I mean, we got to give this the works. The first thing I do want to say, though, that blew my mind. I always thought that Ja Rule was doing the vocals on this song. Mm -hmm. Always thought it was Ja Rule, just based on what I heard. And I think a lot of people thought that as well. Mm -hmm. So did I. I look up Ike Dirty. Ike Dirty is actually Isaac Hayes' son. I know! He's Isaac Hayes III. That's his birth name. It's crazy. This is incredible here. Would never have guessed... Didn't Isaac Hayes perform at the WrestleMania Rage Party mm-hmm. for WrestleMania 15? Yes, he did. So I wonder if yes, uh, maybe Ike Dirty was backstage, you know, passing a demo to Shane McMahon in between him groping Sable. The connection was made. The good old WrestleMania 15 Rage Party with Isaac Hayes and Big Pun. <laughs> Big Pun! The Zappa Brothers, Ahmet and Dweezil, incredible. who now hate each other in real life. It's it's in full on YouTube. Look it up. It's, it's an incredible 45-minute watch. Just to see Shane McMahon getting jiggy with it. <laughs> and Kane in a club. In his outfit. <laughs> it's incredible. It's 1999 at its worst and at its best. A year later here, though, we had uh, we had Ike Dirty doing the WrestleMania 2000 song. Now listen, Ike Dirty, you know, not the most prolific person in the game. You know, he's, he's done some production for Lil Scrappy, Yin Yang Twins, Red Man, Keith Murray. So big names in hip-hop, big prevalent names. Uh, he also does some voiceovers. And he has uh, appeared as a character on Aqua Teen Hunger Force as well. Oh, okay. But I would say most importantly, before we break down the lyrics of this song yeah. and break down the song any further, I'd say most importantly, Ike Dirty also did vocals for Rikishi's Bad Man. I'm a bad man. Boom, 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 boom. An incredible theme. Not a lot of incredibleness about Rikishi's heel turn, you know, in and of itself, but the theme at least was, you know, interesting, I'd say. I don't know. We get to volume five. Yeah. I can't wait to talk about that theme. We'll but, talk about that one, folks. But for now, for, for California, though. So the, the instrumental of this song may sound familiar to you because it would later become Rodney Mack's theme, which would then later get new vocals by a rapper named Maestro and mm-hmm. then would eventually be inherited by Teddy Long mm-hmm. once Rodney Mack went wherever he went. Now, let me tell you something. You could not find a bigger Rodney Mack fan back in the day than this guy right here. I was a listen. I wanted to be in the five minute white boy challenge. <laughs> uh, my favorite thing about Rodney Mack was that in Here Comes the Pain, the video game, he had like the best finisher. It was like a tiger driver that was like spike uh, a guy on his head. Yeah, it was like the it was the best finisher move ever. Other than that, though, my other favorite thing about Rodney Mack is the actual song Mack Militant. <laughs> it's great. Like, it's such a great song. And you know, you you said like Rodney had it. Mark Henry had it when he was with Teddy Long. Uh, Teddy Long had it when he was, you know, SmackDown GM for, for forever. But as far as, yeah, 
So this is an, a case, another case, I guess you could say, of a wrestling pay-per-view theme being co-opted into a wrestler's theme later on down the line, similar to St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Yes. Um, but as far as this song is concerned, uh, it is very, you know, I think we can admit, Chris, that this is basically, you know, California love, just, you know, Jim Johnson style. Yeah, and what's interesting about that is the estate of Tupac Shakur actually refused permission for the WWF to use California Love because they originally had wanted to use it. And, you know, who could blame them? That's a big-time song. Oh, yeah. Uh, but they were denied, and Jim Johnson was then asked to create a sound-alike version. And, you know, I'm not too sure about it being a sound-alike because, it, it, to me, it has a completely different vibe with the electric guitars, mm-hmm. and, you know, it doesn't, doesn't have any brass, doesn't have the same kind of upbeat, vibe that California Love has, but I I totally understand the intent behind it, and I totally get that, and I do hear it to a degree, but musically, I think Johnston went in the other direction, his direction, in his comfort zone, which is something that I definitely want to talk a lot about, how Jim Johnston fearlessly puts electric guitars all over hip-hop beats. Oh yeah, all over his hip hop beats. The man has no fear. He puts some high. Listen, if it's hip hop, he's putting high gain guitars on it, and that's something that I definitely want to stress when we get into some more of uh, his more hip hop oriented themes, contrasting with the more authentic hip hop that you get today from CFOs. Yeah, you hear it in the intro. You hear it, you know, the little light piano coming in, a little bit of cymbal work. You hear the the wind of the guitar, you know, and then the boom with a deep, you know, heavy bass and guitars right there. There's like I love the music. The music itself is so great. It's such a badass like 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 tune. Yeah. As as far as you know, I mean, the lyrics are concerned. Listen, I'll say this though, I love love the female singers. Oh yes, very good. It's just so they're so great. The, Ooh, California. It's it's such a great great time. However, if you listen to the actual lyrics of Ike Dirty, that's another, another matter entirely. Because you get the with the black backgrounds, female singers, it's such it's very sassy, it's very upbeat, it's very very swingish, you know. But the lyrics themselves, Ike Dirty is basically telling you in these lyrics how much L.A. and the surrounding area sucks, <laughs> and it really sets the mood for WrestleMania, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Welcome to WrestleMania. You know. Meanwhile, Ike Dirty is telling you about you know models, sun strippers, porn stars, movies. Uh, slang my wood all the way to Inglewood. Nothing pretty for sure in the Century City. Stars and screams. Ghetto kids starve to eat. Stay cool as police abuse the law on the streets. Silicone South Central Killer Zone. Ooh, careful. It doesn't match, Chris. It doesn't match. Plastic surgery piercing from ass to nose. That's an actual line. What does that even mean? I... Who's getting a piercing from their ass to their nose? <laughs> this guy has seen some shit. Listen, I don't blame him. This guy's seen some shit. He's seen, uh, he's, he's been to Manhattan Beach with uh, steroid freaks where the homeless weak, afraid to eat. I ain't talking about the sunshine. All I talk about is poverty and high crime. No doubt, Ike Dirty about to burst through a bubble. California, watch out because it's going to be trouble. Hey, 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 ooh, California. Doesn't, ma- doesn't match, Chris. No, it's no wonder he was telling us to lock our windows. In the intro. My God. City Angels, no thank you. Angels with filthy souls. Is that a Home Alone 2 reference? Or is that Home Alone 1? Home Alone yeah. 1. Home Alone yes, reference, yes. Home Alone 2 was Angels with filthier souls. One last thing, I mean, you know, Ike Dirty, uh, with the exception of, you know, Bad Man with Rikishi, we don't really hear from him ever again in terms of WWE. 
But listen, as far as WrestleMania theme goes, what what is your take on this? Because on the one hand, I love the music. I love the the the, the female singers. I love the Mac Militant beat. I love the Mac Militant song that they would come to be. Uh, but as far as the lyrics go, I'm very you know very miss on it. Uh, what's your, what's your take on it? I feel the same way. I think what this song would go on to become is so much greater than what this is here. And I'm you know I'm a little bit disappointed to find out that this was not Ja Rule because I live listen. I lived my life thinking this was Ja Rule, Andrew Rich. I really did. <laughs> and now I'm let down. And Ja Rule has nothing to do with the World Wrestling Federation. Very disappointed. Who would I be without my baby? <laughs> you know, I can just imagine Vince in his office, you know, dialing up Jim Johnston. Hmm, Jimmy, it's Vince. Get that Tupac fellow. He seems very hot with the kids these days. Vince, so we can't get Tupac. The, the, the state won't let us use it. Hmm. Oh, I see. Get Ike Dirty instead. Like- <laughs> Met his dad at the rage party last year. Real good guy. Real I love the idea that Ike Dirty is Vince's favorite rapper. <laughs> you never listen. The strange world of Vince McMahon. You never know. It probably is the case. Maybe so. With how with how out of touch Vince McMahon is, that probably is the case. Maybe so. All right. He celebrates his entire catalog. Good old Ike Dirty. Next up, we are jumping ahead one year to WrestleMania 17, which is uh, arguably the best WrestleMania ever. Uh, with a song by the band Limp Bizkit, uh, who we've seen before with the Undertaker episode. This is a song that was originally released on the 2000 album Chocolate Starfish and the Hot Dog Flavored Water. This is My Way. You think you're special, special. you do. I can see it in your eyes. I can see it when you laugh at me. Look down on me and walk around. You know, Limp Bizkit, we, we have our thoughts on them. We know what we're getting into with Limp Bizkit a lot of times. This song, I think, is a big redemption story for Limp Bizkit because this song is really great. I firmly believe that everyone is allotted one song. This is Limp Bizkit's best song, hands down. Hands down. I don't want to hear it. Now, I will say that Boiler is a close second, but that really they outdid themselves on this one. And maybe it's the nostalgia factor, you know? Maybe it's the memories tied into this song but I just I really love this song the feeling that I get when I hear this song it's indescribable really ties into the Austin and Rock video package which is one of my fondest memories of wrestling period and one of the finest absolute finest pieces of production that this company has ever put out to hype up a match to hype up an event it's pure magic what I love about this song is that it's a lot more I guess it's emotional than other Limp Bizkit songs it's a lot more it's quieter in the beginning. It establishes, you know, with with Rock and Austin, with the Rock and Austin video, the opening, the first verse, really establishes the feud and what they hate about each other, and what they what they had to deal with with each other. And we get to the chorus, get to like the big, you know, the big heaviness with the, the guitars coming in. That comes to the big, you know, comes to blows. But really, the first verse, you know, with you know, special, you think you're special, you do. I can see it in your eyes. That's such a like a build-up between you know Rock and Austin, the way they, they, they think about each other. You think you're special. You think you're the big dog in the yard. You think you're the best that the company has to offer. You know, I, I, I'm tired of your ego. I'm tired of your personality. I'm tired of you trying to be the leader of the company. You know, it's so cool because really you can also see it from both men's perspective. Both men, Rock and Austin, 
have a claim to the throne. So these two massive personalities are constantly colliding with one another until it comes to a head, you know, comes to a head with you know, Durst just, just shouting out loud, you know, this time I'ma let it all come out. This time I'ma stand up and shout. I'ma do things my way. It's my way. My way or the highway. That is, you know, what the crux of the Rock and Austin feud, which is what is so great about the song. You broke that down in the exact way I thought you would, and I hoped you would, and it's perfect. They really struck gold with this one. For the time, I think it touched on something in everyone. Whenever this video package would come on TV in the build-up to WrestleMania 17, and it'd be my friends and I, and we'd be like going back and forth, like trying to recreate the highlights, the rock bottoms, the stunners on the different music cues, you know, doing it uh, on a beanbag chair, recreating what we looked up to and what we recognized as just magical stuff unfolding before our eyes. Rock and Austin, unless you lived through that, you might not understand the just the emotional attachment that a lot of people had back then, especially if you were really young. But I think this song perfectly encapsulates the feud as you broke down. Also, Fred Durst's probably best moment in his in his career. Mm-hmm. Because I think a lot of, you know, Limp Bizkit, musically, not a bad band at all. Actually quite good. But I think most of people's problem with Limp Bizkit is that Fred Durst is just really fucking annoying at all times. <laughs> yeah. This happens to be one of the times that he's not annoying. And his vocal delivery and his vocal tone, it all just really works. It works for the song. He has a few moments like this on other songs where it's just... It's not Limp Bizkit. It's not in-your-face annoying. And this is one of those songs. Fred shows restraint. He shows restraint, and that works. When you're not screaming, you know, 100% of the song, when you quiet it down, when you, you know, go a little bit lower in your voice, then when you go to the big moments, it actually means something. You know, it it matters. It has an emotional punch to it. So, yeah, like, like you said, you know, this is him toning down the douchiness by a lot, and just singing like a, a singing, you know, someone who isn't a douchebag. And, and that, and that's really it. It's just that Fred Durst is the epitome of a douchebag. Now you can have a song that's all intense vocals, and it can be great, but you just you can't be a Fred Durst. You just can't come across as the most irritating man on the planet. I will say another stroke of genius in this song is the sample of "My Melody" by Eric B. and Rakim. Now Fred Durst, as annoying as he is, he knows his hip hop history likes to incorporate really cool samples and really cool quotes and things like that. Uh, He's a hip-hop head. And uh, Eric B. and Rakim, a very, very, very seminal group in the history of hip-hop. So the fact that that sample is in there in the intro, I think it's really cool. And people may know that and not even know what it's from. And now you do. Eric B. and Rakim. I think my favorite line from the video package is definitely Stone Cold saying, I need to beat you, Rock. I need it more than anything you could ever imagine. Oh, yeah. I mean, that is... I get chills when I hear that line. It's it's such, you know, foreshadowing, obviously, with what would happen with, with Vince and Austin, but it's such a great line in any context, really, of, of, of a feud. Love the way he finishes, with all due respect. Yeah. Ugh, I, I want to watch that match right now. The Rock will give you everything. You know, it's just... Uh, the absolute Best. best. Oh, it's great. It, it, I want to watch it right now. Got it. Uh, yeah, uh, so My Way, by the way, went to number 75 on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100, uh, number four on the mainstream rock tracks in the U.S., and number six in the U.K. So a, little, a couple facts there. Now, 
Two in a row, Chris. We get Limp Biscuit. <laughs> two in a row. And as much as we gush about My Way and, and Fred Durst showing restraint and showing some a little bit more nuance to his, his vocals and lyrics and a little bit more, you know, less douchiness and a little bit less Fred Durstiness. WrestleMania 19, we get a song that was originally scheduled to be released on the original version of the album Results May Vary from 2003. The album got scrapped and re-recorded and this song was left off until it was eventually released as a download on Limp Bizkit's MySpace page uh, to show you how far back this was. This is a doozy of a song, Crack at it. Right about now! It's time to get busy, one, two, three, six Shut the fuck off and bring that ballistic Rip from the biscuit, straight through the speakers with the Hey, hey, check this future shock A rock revolution, punk Oh my god Here it comes, so shut it up You keep on talking, we go Shut your ass straight the fuck up Call the cops, look up in the stands Got another riot on our hands I pulled this mic straight out my two Well, well, everything we just said Throw it all the fuck out the window. Out the window. All out, out the, the window. window. Now, unlock your windows, because you had them locked from Ike Dirty. Unlock them, throw it all out. We're starting all over. God, Limp Biscuit was bad. This is not one of their finer moments, I think it's safe to say. No, when they were bad, they were bad. And by them, by they, I mean Fred Durst, because, listen, the riffs are actually really cool. Actually, they fucking crush, all right? Everything about this song is cool, except for Fred Durst. The opening riffs that... Duh, I get like the game by Motorhead vibes by it. It's, a, it's such a heavy guitar riff. It's so great. And you're adding that with, you know, one for the troubled and two for the time. One for the troubled and two for the time. I love that part. That's a sample of the song Spoonin' G Rap by Spoonie G, a very, very early hip-hop artist. One of, one of the prototypical hip-hop artists. So I said Fred Durst knows his hip-hop history. He's going all the way back to the 70s for that one. So yeah, really, really cool intro. I guess that's why I like it, because it's not Fred Durst. Yeah. I, I, yeah, it's the best. Listen, whenever they feature a vocalist that's not Fred Durst on a Limp Bizkit song, it's immediately, it immediately is so much better <laughs> than, the, than the actual band. But yeah, I know. And there's a line in here. There are a lot of lines in here. There's a line in here that sums up my thoughts perfectly on Fred Durst. Why do you have to ruin all the music? And that's exactly what I'm saying! <laughs> He's nothing if not self-reflexive, Mr. Durst. <laughs> Self-aware. Even though he would, he would, it would seem that he's not, but apparently he is. This really deserves a full Andrew Rich read-through. Here we go. All right, I'll do my best. I'll do my best. Right about now. It's time to get busy. One, two, three, shut the fuck up and bring that ballistic riff from the biscuit straight through the speakers with the hey, hey. Hold on, hold on a minute here. So first of all, the self-referential bullshit in these first couple of lines, because if you're familiar with any Limp Bizkit songs, you know that he's quoting himself from other songs. Oh, God. This guy. All right, go ahead. Continue. Call the cops. Look up into the stands. Got another riot on our hands. Okay, let me stop this right here. Woodstock 99, Limp Bizkit performance of set. There are, there's a riot pretty much going on in, in the crowd. There's like multiple violent acts during it and after it, the set. And there's like a bunch of sexual assaults going on afterwards as well. Whoa. So for them to, yeah. So for him to, you know, talk about riots in a song, it's kind of a little problematic. It's a little dicey. Would you expect anything less from this guy? Uh, I guess not. I mean, he's, he's, he's got balls. Uh. I'll, I'll give him that much. 
He shouldn't. I pulled this mic straight out my toolkit to fix you wannabes that ruined all the music. But never mind. Whoa, 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 hold on a second. Wannabes that ruined all the music. Yeah, man. Yeah. You know, those wannabes like Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera, man. All those pop wannabes. Uh, shut the fuck up, Fred. Shut the fuck up. And back, <laughs> back the, the fuck, fuck up. up. <laughs> While we fuck this. Listen, he, he, they're aware. They fucked, it. they fucked this track up. He's aware of how bad he is. Let me get to the chorus, of course. You know, right now. Let's go, me and you. Ugh. I can't get into this chorus, you know. I, I understand that. Just the words that he's saying just make me want to die. Yeah, hear me. I'm a crack addict. That's right. I'm a crack addict. I'm addicted to cracking skulls when punk starts static. Oh. Get it, Chris? He's cracking skulls. <laughs> okay. He's addicted to it. That's why he's a crack addict, if you will. <laughs> oh, God. I, I, we'll skip the rest of the lyrics, but we, I will mention uh, one more thing about this. The very end, where 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 Fred Durst decides to just yell at you, <laughs> just yell, just yell at the listener, just for for ten seconds. Oh my god! You know, we'll play this part. Play this part right now, right here. I don't give a fuck who talks that shit. Fuck your fake ass. I'll talk and no action. Stop yelling at me, Fred. I just want to watch Nathan Jones spin kick the Big Show. That's all I want, Fred. That's all I want. Please stop screaming at me. Are we done with Limp Biscuit forever? I we'll think... never see them again, will we? We still have we still have Survivor Series 2003 to get through. Oh, we still have we still have that because I don't know if I can do it anymore. <laughs> Much like crack addicts, we just keep coming back to what hurts us. We can't we can't stop. We we we, we get the pain. We, we feel the pain all over. We do it all for you. Let's move on. Okay, let's move on to our next, next, our next song. Uh, again, one year later, WrestleMania 20, my first ever WrestleMania, like I said. This is by another uh, recurring uh, band during this time period for WWE. This is a, a song by the band Drowning Pool. You can find this song on the soundtrack to The Punisher, the 2004 Punisher with Thomas Jane. Also on the Drowning Pool album Desensitized from 2004. This is Step Up. <laughs> Drowning Pool, another band, like I said, <laughs> that uh, was featured heavily in WWE during this time period. Uh, Bodies, of course, their most famous song, was the theme for SummerSlam 2001. Also the theme song for the ECW brand when it came back. Uh, Sinner was the theme for, Venge- for Vengeance 2001. Tear Away was actually the theme for WrestleMania 18, the year before. And Kevin Steen also used that for a time as well. Oh, really? Hmm. Uh, so yeah, this is uh, Step Up. This is uh, their second WrestleMania theme in two years. Or three years, I guess I should say. I chose this song. What I wanted to do with the songs that I picked, I wanted to go for a different genre, different you know, different flavor of the music spe- spectrum with each song. You know, Easy Lover is very pop. California I picked. It's, you know, it's a West Coast hip-hop. This is a straight-up new metal hard rock song. This is, what I, this is kind of what I want to focus on with this. Uh, and uh, this song, Chris, is a fighting song. This is during the era, much like Crack Attic, much like My Way, much like Tear Away. This is a fighting song that happened a lot with WrestleMania themes during this time period. And it's about fighting. Listen, I'm going to admit something here. I had the first Drowning Pool album. In fact, I still have it. 
it it was good. Okay, so before anyone gets on to it, listen, it's a good album. I st- I stand behind it today. Good production. Listen, okay, good musicianship. As far listen, as far as new metal goes, this is a solid band. And that was when they had the original vocalist. Now step up. Now they have their second vocalist. Their original vocalist actually passed away. Yeah, very sad. Uh, heart disease, actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah, very, very sad. Yeah, heart disease. Yeah, he died in like a year after the album came out. Yeah, so, you know, that might have derailed another band, but no, Drowning Pool decided that they were going to step up. And uh, I, this song, listen, I love metal. It's my favorite genre of music. I, I like some new metal. You know, this song, you know... It's fine. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad song. The chorus is catchy. Has some, you know. It's just it's so early two thousands. Yeah, nothing fancy really. It's it's very very par for the course in terms of new metal. It's one of those songs that yeah, it's heavy, but it really doesn't pump me up. It's not. I feel like it's the type of song that would pump up someone who doesn't listen to actual good metal. If you're a big metal fan, you would hear this and be like, yeah, yeah, whatever. This definitely fit in. It it fits as a wrestling song much the same way Bodies did. I would say it, it almost fits the uh, WWE CW vibe. A little bit more than the WrestleMania vibe. Just my opinion. N- not what I think of when I think of a WrestleMania theme. I would, you know, I would see this as more of a, you know, the ECW rebrand. Yeah, it really is. It feels like any other pay-per-view theme it could, it could work as, really. Nothing really special about it. Yeah, it doesn't have that real big-time feel that you would associate mm. with a big WrestleMania theme. Now, a little note here. I had a friend named Wei, mm-hmm. not waiting for anyone, uh, live audio wrestling. I had a friend named Wei, he spelled it differently, and um, this was his MySpace song back in 2006. Of course it was. And uh, actually his headline, or whatever, the, the little quote, mm-hmm. whatever the gimmick was when you went on MySpace, his, uh, his headline at the time was ECW Soldier. You, listen, you clicked on Wei's MySpace profile in 2006, and this was a fucking experience here. This song comes on, you know, Broken! And he's an ECW soldier, yeah. and he's got his cool, um, because we used to backyard wrestle, so he's got his cool backyard wrestling photos up. His name is Craven. Oh, K-R-A-V-E-N. Oh was he a hunter? So, yeah. Was he Craven the hunter? I Listen, I don't know what he was going for. He's... Spider-Man fans? He, 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 I, I don't know. It okay. really just reminded me of Craisins, you know, those, uh, the little Chocolate the raisin raisins? gimmicks. Yeah. Oh, no, I think they're like the cranberry raisins. Oh, that's right, yeah. The little cranberry raisin gimmicks. Uh, that's what I always thought of, so I called them Craisin. So this was this was the song that he used. To, uh, uh, I, he didn't use this as his theme, but this was uh, oh, okay. this was just on his MySpace. But we did Backyard Wrestle back in the day. Not mm-hmm. that anyone should ever do that, because yeah. uh, that's very dangerous and we are not advocating that at all. You know, bodies have been broken. Careers ended in an instant. How can he even stand? I thought Shane might have been knocked out. So yeah, this uh, this is what this song evokes for me. I don't think about WrestleMania. I do remember the music video. Because the music video, I looked up again recently. It is the pinnacle of early 2000s new metal music videos. What it is, is Drowning Pool are living in a mansion surrounded by beautiful women... Lounging by the pool, counting money, briefcases full of diamonds, expensive cars, hot tubs, the works, really. And, good God, the just the utter douchiness of the guys in this. There are two guys I have to single out, though, for most douchiness. The lead singer, the new lead singer that they got, is whose name is Jason Gong Jones. He has, he's got contemporary Vince Neil hair, where he's got like the highlights in it, you know. 
and he's sitting in a, in a bubble bath with like four beautiful women and they're caressing him and they're touching him and they're kissing him and he's just oh my god he's just disgusting it's like just disgusting and the other one is the lead guitarist uh, CJ Pierce who looks like every stereotypical new metal guitarist ever he's got a shaved bald head a rat tail on the back and like a weird extended goatee uh, that sounds horrifying. I've never seen that, but from your description, I want no part of it. I, I stand behind that first Drowning Pool album, not so much anything after that. Yeah, and I'm not trying to say about Step Up. Uh, like I, I, I picked it yeah, I picked it because it's rock, a hard rock song and because it was my first WrestleMania theme. So, you know, nostalgia factor, I guess. I mean, I, I believe they uh, they made a movie after this song with uh, with Channing Tatum. Yeah, and his uh, future wife, Jenna Duane. Yeah. Yeah, they uh, and that this song heavily featured in that heavily, movie, if, yeah. I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, Channing Tatum, you know, street dancing to Drowning Pool is really a, an iconic movie moment. Channing Tatum or Tanning Chatham, if you're my friend Steve. <laughs> Uh, all right, enough about Limp Bizkit and Journey Pool and all those, ugh, all those bands. Let's move on to an artist that I really love, truly. This is WrestleMania 22. This is a man by the name of Peter Gabriel. And this song was released originally on his album So in 1986. This is a blast of a song. This is big time. Hi there. Hi there. I'm on my way of making it. I, Chris, I love Peter Gabriel so much. Like Phil Collins, I love his solo work and his Genesis stuff. Uh, he's very much a different type of artist than Phil is. He's a lot more, a lot more experimental, a lot more arty, uh, a lot more interested in world music and that kind of stuff. But when he goes pop, uh, and the album So is very much his foray into big time pop stuff. Uh, he hits a home run because this album has big time. This album has Sledgehammer. This album has In Your Eyes. This album has Red Rain and Don't uh, Don't Give Up with uh, which was a duet with Kate Bush. So this album is was a big monster hit for him. He really just rocketed him into the mainstream su- uh, success. Uh, and Big Time was part of it. And I love love Big Time. It's such a funky dance number. Just the, the heaviness of the bass that uh, I looked it up actually. Do you know how they got that sound, that bass, big bass sound? No. Tony Levin, I, I looked this up. Uh, he is Gabriel's longtime bassist, and he's also a, a member of King Crimson. He has like, this fretless bass, and what he did was, as he was fingering the uh, the bass, uh, the drummer. Uh-huh. The drummer, the drummer Jerry Murata, he uh, hit the strings with his drumsticks. Oh, which is why it sounds so percussive. That's it. That that's how you get the big bass sound to it. I hope he took that bass on a date first. Yeah. Hey, listen, third bass. Hey, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> hey now. Uh, so yeah. Uh, jokes aside, listen. The bass, the church organs, the background singers. Uh, you know, Peter Gabriel's just just come in full force with the singing. Uh, it's such, such a great song, man. It's so great. And this song delivers what it advertises on the tit. This has a big-time feel to it. This is getting pumped up for anything, I think. 
And you know, and it's it's so funky. It's got some funky guitars and the bass, like you said, it just ugh, it's just it's just so great. He puts he puts his entire soul into it, and it's just a funky brew. It's a dance number to end all dance numbers. Having said that, though, again, much like California, much like California, look at the lyrics because the lyrics are a lot more nuanced and a lot more uh, satirical in nature than you would realize. You, know, you hear the music and you hear the, the organs and the black background singers, you know, big time. Like, you hear all that and you hear, like, you know, it's fun, it's poppy, it, it's light. You look at the lyrics, though, and Peter Gabriel is just scathing about, you know, ego and celebrity and materialism and money and being big. I want to be big and big time, like, you know, the place where I come from is a small town. They think so small. They use small words. But not me. I'm smarter than that. I worked it out. I've been stretching my mouth to let those big words come right out. I've had enough. I'm getting out to the city. The big, big city. I'll be a big noise with all the big boys. There's so much stuff I will own. And I will pray to a big God as I kneel in the big church. So there's so much, you know, stuff going on within these lyrics that sort of betrays the music, you know? If you take this at face value, this is Vince McMahon's life story, and I guarantee you, he takes all of this at face value when he hears this song. Oh, yeah. Mm, big time. That's me. You know, as is, that's true. I mean, he, you know, he started out as nothing. You know, a, an abusive home, and when he grew up, he came into the business, and he built an empire. He became big time. He made it. He made, he made it, man. And this song really reflects that so well. Uh, I wonder though, does he have parties with all the big names? I think those are the pay-per-views. With the, with, yeah, yeah. He, all the wrestlers greet him with the widest smile. You know, he, he tells them how his life was one big adventure, and always they're mm, and always they're amazed. Well, goddamn. Although I don't think he has a Snow White pillow for his big fat head because he doesn't sleep. <laughs> I don't, he doesn't sleep at all. He doesn't sleep. Uh, uh, he, he will get he will get again to heaven though, and it'll be a big heaven. You know, walk to the front door. Because he's Vince goddamn McMahon. WrestleMania! Let me in, St. Peter, goddamn. You know, uh, one thing I, I do think, I think Rich Swan's theme takes a little bit of inspiration from this song. Well, uh, funny enough, uh, another Peter Gabriel little note here. Tyler Bates' song that he uses in WWE, very reminiscent of Sledgehammer, also by Peter Gabriel. Oh, yeah. Like, you know. So there you go. Nice little Peter Gabriel connection there. Also, I uh, uh, should mention, uh, uh, Big Time went to number 8 on the Billboard Hot 100. And this isn't the only WrestleMania theme that's called Big Time. No, I was very torn, actually, because the, song, the, the WrestleMania prior to this, WrestleMania 21, had a song called Big Time by the soundtrack of our lives. And I loved that song. And I was kind of biting my tongue to put it on there, but I couldn't. I just I, I had to pick five. But I think in the future we'll talk about that song for sure. Oh yeah, there's always next year. Oh, there's always the next WrestleMania. But uh, you know, I I just I love the phrase "big time." I like describing things as "big time" or "big league" or "bigly." No, listen, no, no bigly, <laughs> no bigly. You know who else is big league? No, no. We had to get to it sooner or later, man. No. It is time. No. It is time. It's, Why did you pick this? I needed a contemporary one. I needed a dance. I needed like a pop, like, you know, modern sort of dance. Like I needed that one, no, you- which is why we are doing Flow Rider, a song for WrestleMania 28, a song found on his EP Good Feeling and the album Wild Ones, a song, Chris, called Good Feeling. 
I get a good feeling. Well, you know, that's funny because I get the absolute worst feeling that I've ever had while I'm listening to this song. So, you know, yeah, your results may vary. Confession time. That's the only part of the song I love. Well, that's the only acceptable part of the song because that's the one that that's the part that Flo Rida is not responsible for. No, no, this is that is a sample of the Avicii song Levels, which itself uh, samples the Etta James song Something's Got a Hold on Me. So it is a sample of a sample. So it's so far removed from Flowrider that it's the only thing that has a prayer of being good in this song. It's so far from his orbit that it can't get sucked in by the black hole that is Flowrider in his music. It's so far off from the coast of Florida that <laughs> it's so it can be so good while the rest of this song is just complete trash. It's uh it I hate Flowrider. I I hate I hate Flowrider. You know Flowrider brings up some pretty awkward memories for me in terms of I think maybe like 2007, 2008, where it's uh, Camp Tevia, my Jewish overnight camp. The, the socials, you know, the dances, uh, feel a couple hundred awkward white Jewish kids dancing to low by Flow Rider. Oh, jeez. So, you know, we hit the flow, we hit the flow, next thing you know. So there's like low, low. Just picture, you know, a couple hundred awkward, you know, Jewish kids dancing to that song. And you'll have my camp experiences. This sounds like a Netflix series. Yes, uh, 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 Wet Hot Jewish Summer, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I guess you could say. Florida, you said it best, Chris. I do not like this man. He's a bad man. He's not good. Mm-mm. Oh, I, 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 I hate him. He's... <laughs> uh, okay, listen, let's... All right, we'll try to read it in here. Ugh. Now, this, this song, in addition to being the WrestleMania 28 theme, was also used for Survivor Series 2011. They, they love this song so mm-hmm. much. They just had to. They had to use it twice. They used it you twice. Rock and John Cena in their their tag team match against the Awesome Truth, which I was there in attendance for. And then you had to use it again for WrestleMania because it's Flowrider. Mm-hmm. It's Flowrider. It's it's Rock versus Cena once in a lifetime. Asterisk. There's no two ways about. Flowrider is the worst artist in the history of music. All right, just you know, get him out of here. Ship him off the planet. I don't want him. I'm done. I've had enough of this guy. Every other show is a Flowrider song. There's so many. We could do an entire episode if, listen, if we really... If we really hated ourselves, man, if we really were masochistic about this thing, we could do a Florida episode and just let the hate and disgust and the vitriol and vile fill our souls. And, you know, this was this was proposed to us by Dylan Justin of VoiceOfWrestling.com. You know what? Dylan, Dylan, listen... If this, uh, if we ever decide to go on the ultimate flow ride, this, ugh, ugh. you will be our passenger. You will be our guest, because you cannot just throw that out there and then expect to just sit back and and, and watch it happen. No. like Michael Jackson eating popcorn. No, no, no. You're coming on the ride with yeah, us, my friend. Guest hostage. You know, tomato, tomato. <laughs> really. Uh, let's get into the lyrics, uh, Chris, because the music is oh. the music itself is pretty much just the the Avicii beat. You know, we got all that. We're good with that. Let's get to Florida's lyrics. If you want to call them that. The mountaintop, walk on water, I got power, I feel so royal. One second, I'ma strike oil. Diamond, platinum, no more for you. Got adrenaline, never giving in. Giving up's not an option, gotta get it in. Witness, I got the heart of 20 men. No fear, go to sleep in the lion's den. That's I wish, 
I wish, because then Ken Shamrock would beat the living yes. shit out of him. And then we wouldn't have to deal with this goof anymore. No. Oh, my God. Ken. Psycho Ken Shamrock with his psycho eyes just... Just, you know, just killing him in the, in the lion's den. Book it. Someone book it. Joey Janela, please. Please, Joey. Make it happen. Spring break. You're looking at the king of the jungle now. Stronger than ever. Can't hold me down. A hundred miles gunning from the pitcher's mound. Straight game face. It's game day. See me running through the crowd full of melee. No trick plays. I'm Bill Gates. Take a genius to understand me. What? Um, what? yeah. G- G- genius? Well, well hmm. you know, I don't know. Maybe he's. Maybe there's some next level stuff going on here that we're just not privy to. I mean, I don't know. We'd have to bring in... Uh, 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 some of the finest literary minds. Tessa, let us know. Let us know if there's something we're missing here. There's actually the second verse, Chris. I didn't realize there's actually the second verse. Uh, the first verse, I won't go through the whole thing, but I will mention this uh, lyric that caught my interest. Now, who can say that? I want to play back. Mama knew I was a needle in the haystack. A Bugatti boy plus Maybach. Maybach, Chris! All right! Is Chris, is Flo Rida a fan of Noah the Reborn? Listen, Flo Rida would have had to have been on Noah since before it was reborn with this reference when this song came out. Listen, he's a big fan of uh, of Maybach Taniguchi and his bident. Yeah, and his mask. Love the Maybach Taniguchi. Oh, Maybach. Listen, uh, Flo Rida is he's safe. This is, this is what this song is. It is a safe rap song. Listen, I can't even classify this as rap because hip-hop... Rap can be one of the most expressive art forms out there, and it can be done so well and so masterfully that it can be be so powerful, carry such a big message, can change generations, can reach so many people. Flowrider, this is just absolute garbage. This doesn't mean anything, and I understand. Listen, it's a pop song, not even classified as rap. The, The lyrics don't have to mean anything. It has to have a catchy beat. And has to have uh, catchy melodies, catchy rhythms, all of that. It doesn't even really matter what he's saying. And I understand that. But to classify this man as a rapper, or really an artist of any kind, because his music is so formulaic. Listen, we were just talking about Peter Gabriel, a guy who puts his heart and soul into every moment of music that he puts out. And then you have a guy like Flo Rida, who puts these fucking things out at such a rapid pace on his conveyor belt that the WWE just falls over themselves to make every one of these goddamn songs a pay-per-view theme. How can you go from using Peter Gabriel to this motherfucker? They they get wrapped, wrapped up in it. They get wrapped up in, in, in you know, pop guys. They get wrapped up in trends. Uh, wait, even past the point where they're not even a trend anymore. They just get in their heads. You know, Vince gets it in his head. You know, that this guy's popular. This is what I like. And he, you know, it takes him like five years to move past it. This is what it is. This is what it is. This song went to number three on the Billboard charts and was a top ten hit in 16 countries. How is this guy successful? If you stopped anyone on the street and said, do you like Flo Rida? Nine out of ten times they'd probably say, fuck no. So who the fuck is listening to this guy? He's like the urban Nickelback. Who's listening to this guy? Voluntarily, I understand you're out at a club, the song comes on, has a catchy beat, you're not going to sit down. I, I, I don't get it, and it's something I will never get. It is, though, possible to take a mainstream pop song, something that you'd play on the radio, and use it effectively as a WrestleMania theme and have it actually be a good song. We know this to be true, because it's happened before, in recent memory. WrestleMania 31, this is a song by the artist David Guetta. 
featuring Skylar Gray on vocals. This is found on the deluxe edition of Geta's 2014 album Listen. Uh, this is a song called Rise. Getting, 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 you're getting, 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 you're. You can take a swing at my ego. You can make a run for my crown. Even with an army of people, you ain't gonna take Now, this is a cool modern day pop music WrestleMania thing. I like this song a lot. It's got a good beat to it. Those, those drums in the beginning. Yeah, it has a nice catchy kind of driving beat to it. Um, you know, not your not your standard instrumentation, no. I don't think, for uh, for like a pop song. This is more of dance pop, I would say. David Guetta, you know, big time electronic artist. Yeah, Love is Gone is the one that people probably know the most, I think. At least the one I know the most. So this was used for WrestleMania play button. And uh, Skylar Gray, not only did she perform on this song, but she performed at the show. Yeah. And this is one of the rare instances where uh, you get a really good live performance from somebody at WrestleMania. Because nobody ever sounds good in these live situations here. It's rare. And she sounded really good. And she wasn't using playback either. Wasn't lip syncing. It's, it's a rare it's a rare occurrence. She's great. And she's great in the, in the song, too. You know, when she gets that, when the solo moments with the piano, it was great. It's like, I love those moments where it's like, female artist, you know, getting these big like, anthemic moments in a song, you know, and it, she hits a home run with this in a big way. Sounds great. Looks looks great in a video package. Goes well with yeah. with highlights of WrestleMania. This is Skylar Gray. She, listen, listen, she's the real deal. She's legit. Uh, she's big league. Big time, yep. She's big time. All the, all the superlatives that you could keep upon her, she's great. Uh, and her performance was very good at WrestleMania that year. I just I remember watching it and not really giving it much thought before, but just being really impressed and almost kind of entranced by the song. Can't say enough about how much I enjoy this. And really great lyrics for a WrestleMania theme as well. You can take a swing at my ego. You can make a run for my crown. Even with an army of people, you ain't gonna take us down. It, 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 this is good stuff here. This this is one of this is one of the cases where. You can take any pop song, throw it on, good, sounds catchy, fine. But this actually, the content of it actually does fit in with what you are promoting. Yeah, triumphant lyrics, overcoming adversity, big moments, big battles, you know, people banding together against the common enemy, against the common heel. You know, this is, you know, this is what it's all about. It's WrestleMania, baby, woo! WrestleMania, <laughs> baby! <laughs> now, Skylar Grey also performed... Also appeared on Coming Home by Diddy Dirty Money, the WrestleMania 29 theme, which was also, at one point, every MMA fighter's walkout song. People were coming out to this on every show, most notably John Jones. I hate that song. Has nothing to do with her. Just a very annoying song, and I've heard it so much that... I said, all right, just come home already, all right? <laughs> Stop talking about it. We get it. You're coming home. Come on, come on. Yeah, I mean, Scott, great, great voice. David Guetta, great production work on this. Uh, like you said, a great use of a pop song in the right manner, and the right choice of a pop song, too. So those were our ten choices, our ten picks uh, for WrestleMania's past. Uh, now, Chris, we'll get to the final section here of the podcast. Uh, WrestleMania 33 coming up, uh, or as I like to call it, uh, Super WrestleMania Sunshine. <laughs> uh, I, I Listen, listen, I can't wait for Randy Orton to use Flood to defeat Bray Wyatt. And uh, clean, clean, clean graffiti <laughs> off of all the of Isle Delfino. Yeah, listen, WrestleMania 33 is coming up, and uh, we've got two themes that we're going to talk about. Uh, the first one here is by a group called Danger Twins, and this song is called Like a Champion. Like a champion. 
Not much known about Danger Twins. Not really, like, I know they have a SoundCloud, but uh, they're on Spotify. But they're an obscure band uh, for WrestleMania, I think. Not too much that I saw. Although I can't say I was that interested to really dive deep and look them up. Like I looked up Ike Dirty because, I mean, this is fine, but ultimately it's just a song. This sounds like every song that's being used on every commercial or promo yeah. for every product, service, or event that has come out in the past few years. It's just, I want a moratorium on these octave harmonies in these, like, pop rock, almost, like, folk Americana-inspired songs. They all have the same kind of, like, foot stomp, clap vibe to them. Yeah, the and same vocal effect. Whoa, yeah. whoa, 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 whoa. Drew Gulak, when he was on the Indies, he had a song called Beast by Nico Vega. Yeah. Very similar to this. Uh, you know what it reminded me of, actually? Remind me of Paige's song, Stars in the Night. Yeah. That whoa, 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 Like, remind me of that, like, vocal effect on him and the woes. Also reminds me of that. Follow me into the jungle. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's, uh, what was it, X Ambassadors, I think? I don't even know what that was. It was WWE Shop Commercial. That's what it was. And the heart of the jungle, yeah. I hear that on other things, too. It's just, it, it, it's just every song that comes out now on a promo or commercial for something. The CW was using a song that sounded a lot like this to promote all of their DC programming coming into this uh, this fall season. It, it, it sounded almost exactly like this song. What is with this trend here? You know what it's like? In trailers nowadays, every trailer nowadays has to have the slow female vocals of female vocal cover of a popular song. Yeah. You know, uh, there's one, I think it's called A Cure for Wellness, and it's a slow female cover of I Want to Be Sedated by the Ramones. Like, that's not what the song is supposed to... It's, it's the Ramones, for fuck's sake. It's fast and loud. That trend is something that just drives me fucking nuts. Because you hear it everywhere. The original Suicide Squad trailer had had that Bee Gees song. I started to joke with the Bee Gees, yeah. And my, my Riverdale watchers will get this. In a recent episode, there was a, like a, what are these, what, we gotta come up with a term for this, by the way, but there was a cover in this style uh, done for Shout by Tears for Fears. Oh, I love that song. I, I mean, it was actually kind of cool and fit the moment of, of what was happening in the show, but they're doing this with fucking everything now. Yeah, let me guess. Shout, shout, let it all out. Basically, basically yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of annoying. It's kind of annoying here all the time. I mean, it, it's really not that relevant to what we do on this show. It just annoys the living shit out of me because it's so... The first couple times you hear it done, it works so well. So it's like, all right, well, now we're doing it for everything. Same thing with Like a Champion. This style of song, this is all over advertising and I can't stand it. And the lyrics, you know, it, it's fine. It's it's generic. It's you know, it's like it's like Rise with the trumpet lyrics, you know, coming in like a champion, got moves like you never seen. Like you know, it's that kind of stuff. It, it's basic, you know, you know. So yeah, WrestleMania 33, get hype. Yeah, WrestleMania, baby. Woo! But we're not done. We're not done there. We're not done. We have one more to go. This is the second of two WrestleMania 33 themes, and look who it is, Chris. It's our it's our good buddy Pitbull. Oh, and look who look look who else it is, oh, Chris. Oh no! Oh no! It's our, no! No! Uh, it's our other good buddy, Mr. Flowrider. No, no, go away. 
No, go home. And it's and it's another guy by the name of the greatest name ever, Lunch Money Lewis. All right, he can stay. You're fine, Lunch Money. He'll be he'll be okay. Buy us one of those square pizzas. Yeah, <laughs> the shamrock uh, shaped chicken nuggets that was racing Patrick's. Thing. Yeah, and and a chocolate milk. This is off uh, Pitbull's 2017 album Climate Change. This is a song called Green Light. And an Otis Spunkmeyer cookie. Buy us one of those too, Lunch Money Lewis. <laughs> Another uh, another party song, another party song, Chris. Another feel good, having a good time, celebrating life type of song. It's designed to be catchy, and once again, much like good feeling. The chorus is my only favorite part of the song. I agree. Which is Lunch Money Lewis's thing, you know. Give me the green light, cause I'm ready to go. Oh, 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 we, oh, we, oh, we, oh. It's catchy, it's sing-along, it's fine. Having said that, Pitbull, much like Florida, is the drizzling shits. Uh, Joe Land's a favorite, by the way. Yes. Uh, now listen, Pitbull on his own is bad enough. Intolerable. Nauseating. But, uh... But the combination of Pitbull and Flow Rider. <sighs> Fuck. <sighs> Fuck! Is there a worse is there a worse tag team than this this combination? No! It's not good, Chris. It's, it's, not, it's not good at all. Let me try to form words here. Pitbull is another artist who just needs to be shipped off the fucking planet. Alright? We we would just, tell me your life wouldn't be so much better without constantly having to hear a new banger by Mr. 305 Live or whatever the fuck he calls himself. You know what would be great? Do you remember the uh, Simpsons Treehouse of Horror episode where the, uh, I guess, uh, Y2K happens and the world's going to shit? And uh, the Simpsons, they get, like, word that there's a rocket that's going to Mars. And uh, uh, Marge and Lisa go on one rocket and Bart and Homer go on the other one. Well, it turns out that uh, the rocket going to Mars has Marge and Lisa on it. Bart and Homer are going on a rocket to the sun. And that rocket has, like, Tom Arnold and Rosie O'Donnell and Spike Lee. I think Pitbull and Florida would fit quite comfortably on that rocket to the sun. I think we need to make this happen now. I'll, I'll call Matt Groening. Listen, I, you know, I, I said something earlier in the show, though. Now I'm going to say this. Everyone is allotted one song, right? I mean... <sighs> there is one Pitbull song that I can tolerate. And that I actually, to some degree, enjoy. That song is called "Damn It, Man." And now that, now that, listen, that's old school Pitbull, and that that's before he had 27 songs being played at every fucking Sweet 16 in the world. All right, and he explained, Pitbull did. He explained the meaning of the song "Damn It, Man," and he says something to the effect of, "Yeah, it's like it's like when you see like a like a really hot car, and you'd be like, damn it, man, it's a hot car." Okay, yeah, but Pitbull, Pitbull, that's fine, but uh, what else is it about? Uh, that's it. That's it. That's the other I mean, don't you, don't you use that in your everyday life? Is that not what you say when you see a really hot car? 
How do, how, how do you do when I see a... Yeah, damn it, man. Damn it, I man. say that phrase all the time. You know, he tried hard. He tried. He really did. He it was. It's like Fetch. He really tried to make it happen. Pitbull is like the Gretchen Wieners of music. Stop trying to make, uh, you know, damn it, man, happen. Something happen. Listen, at, you're listening to this show. Tweet us right now. Hashtag damn it, man. <laughs> all right? D-A-M-M-I-T-M-A-N. Let's make this happen, okay? Uh, Yeah. Similar to Low and Florida. I remember uh, Pitbull's song, The Anthem, with Little John, being played many a time at my Camp Tevia social. Oh. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. It's just as shit as it was back then. Look, we haven't even talked about any lyrics in the song. Dude, I mean, can about... you call them that? I, um, Pitbull at one point says, Now I got the green lit and the green right. All I need is mommy for you to give me the green light. So I can run through it like an easy pass. Oh, God. Find the G-spot and step on the gas. You know, I really could have lived my life without hearing you say the word G-spot on this podcast. I mean, no offense, but I don't need to hear anyone say the word G-spot. Yeah, except I I think, uh, what was a JTG's uh, finishing move? The, the, G, the G-spot, I think. It, it, no, 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 it, it was, uh, what was it? <laughs> the G-spot. Th- <laughs> wasn't that it? I could have sworn that was it. Well, to Wikipedia. Uh, I can look it up right now. Hang Let's on. Look this up right here. And if it's not, we're going to change it loose explosion style. Yeah, definitely. Let's see. JTG. Uh, no, no, no. It was, uh, it was, uh, uh, Demug, uh, was shot. How do you That's get, how do you get G spot? I thought, listen, he was a G. He was JTG. He was, a G. I thought I was. <laughs> it's fucking WWE. They're fucking crass and shit. It was like 2006. It was with his aggression. You know? What do you want from me? I didn't actually know the name of JTG's finish. It was called The Shoutout. Yeah, his other one was called uh, The Mugshot. <laughs> the Box Cutter, ooh. He was certainly he was certainly bringing The Hood to you. <laughs> Even though it's supposed to be not like to you, but it's like... It's, yo, 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 yo. <laughs> pop a 40 and check your... Ro- <laughs> we can't get it right now. <laughs> you know, to, to get back to, to Green Light here, th- there is a line that I highlighted. I'm getting loose in this thing. Like OJ, the juice in this thing. Feeling like left eye, boy. I burn the roof in this thing. I got all the women getting naked. Feeling like Luke in this thing. All right. OJ the Juice. Obviously, OJ Simpson. Uh, fo- 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 <laughs> football star slash actor slash murderer. Okay, so so we got a murderer. We've got uh, Lisa Left Eye Lopes. TLC. Yep, TLC. Burned down her boyfriend's house. An arsonist. Then you've got uh, women getting naked because of Luke. Who is who is Luke? Uh... I'm gonna guess Luke Gallows, the big the big LG, big LG, or he he drops the panties. Does the big LG? Maybe Luke Cage? Could it be? He's a good looking guy. Luke Skywalker, perhaps. Who else is named Luke? Luke Har- Luke Harper. Luke Harper. He's got like a ruggedness to him. He's like a sexy ruggedness. I guess, Ladies love Luke Harper. Okay, that sweat stained tank top. Oh man. Mm, yeah. That, Listen, that big bald spot he's got in the middle of his scraggly hair and his big beard. It's oof. Could be uh could be Luke the Evangelist. Who is that? One of the four evangelists. Don't you know? Oh, I'm Jewish. Remember the Gospel according to Luke. I'm I remember Camp Tevia. Remember Camp Tevia. <laughs> <laughs> remember that how he said you know, awkward Jewish kids dancing to low to you know Florida. Listen, I mean this is uh, this could be any of these. Could be could be Luke Bryan, con- country Bryan. artist. I mean it probably is. Probably is. I look listen. Green light is uh hmm. it's it's a chorus. That's what you know what that is. It's a chorus, and it's an empty void. That's all it is, to, uh, to us anyway. You know who it is? It's Luke Perry. Plays uh, plays Archie's dad on Riverdale. Hey, yeah. Luke Perry. Well, Everyone loves Luke Perry. I'd get yeah. naked for Luke Perry. Listen. 
Ah, uh, Chris. <laughs> Listen, I can cut that out. I'm probably not going to. Well, Chris, I, I think that does it for our analysis of WrestleMania themes, both past and now present. Before we go, though, we have some people. Some people on Twitter. We asked them what their favorite WrestleMania themes were. All right, so I'm going to start this off here. We have Drew Wardlaw of Burning Spirits, of course, our sister podcast on the Voice of Wrestling Podcast Network. An excellent, excellent podcast. And uh, Drew says, Easy Lover by Phil Collins, of course, and the new era Jim Johnston one through WrestleMania 14, that one rocks. Of course, that is not a Jim Johnston joint, as we learned. That is Mike Stock and Pete Waterman from WrestleMania, the album. But Drew going with, uh, going with some, some of the heavy hitters there and, and two themes that we covered. Jeremy Sexton from Voices of Wrestling uh, says, Of course, my way. From watching that DVD constantly, that song is burned into my brain, but it was so perfect for that WrestleMania. Another song we covered, of course, uh, very sort of echoing our sentiments there about how it was a perfect theme for that mania and for the Austin Rock feud, of course. Steve Castaneda on Twitter, I hope I didn't put your name, he asked if The Memory Remains by Metallica from WrestleMania 28, if that counts. Of course, from the end of an era match, Triple H and The Undertaker. And you know what? I say it counts. I'll allow it. I mean, that's a tremendous song. One of my favorite songs from Reload. We used My Way, which was primarily used to hype up the Austin and Rock match. So I think that's just as valid as anything else. So yeah, uh, Memory Remains, great song. By the way, a little brief insert here. Uh, we will do an episode in the future specifically about, you know, promo package songs. So keep that in mind, folks. Keep that in mind. Uh, let's see here. We got next uh, Andy Labar, uh, who says the original WrestleMania theme by far, uh, Easy Lover, and Big Time. So uh, two more songs that we also covered. Our friends at the Then Now Whatever podcast on Twitter, at TNW Podcast, say, I Dare You by Shinedown from WrestleMania 22, simply for the incredible opening video it was in, the song and footage fit like a glove. I agree with that, too. Uh, that's a good song. And a good band, too. I like Shinedown a lot. Michael Spears says, in all caps, by the way, the only good WrestleMania theme was the crappy one that Linda McMahon came out to, and I hold to that. Martin Bentley on Twitter says, I liked the Tiny Tempo one from WrestleMania 27 before every sport on earth used it too. Right, listen, I don't know. I think uh, I think Martin Bentley might be alone on that. I don't think you're going to get too many Tiny Tempo fans in the house. Speaking of which, the captain, Rich Kreich, writes, Not written in the stars. <laughs> Never written in the stars. So there, Rich, uh, letting his thoughts be known there. I, I'd never need to hear that song again. Sorry, Martin. I'm sorry. Don't hate us, please. Thanks for listening to the podcast, by the way. You know, uh, one that we didn't mention, but I was tempted to add on my list, Ladies and Gentlemen by Saliva. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a couple people mentioned that. Uh, Explicit Edgar on Twitter mentioned that. Uh, also, Shoot to Thrill and I Dare You, he liked as well. Issa Doomsday and... Jan B liked Ladies and Gentlemen. That was one of the more popular ones, I would say. Uh, one more, actually. Uh, I looked on the Twitter timeline here. At Wrestling Bubble, a.k.a. J.R. Goldberg, uh, writes, Not a theme per se, but I associate Running Up That Hill with Mania very clearly. Now, that was the uh, song used for Undertaker Shawn Michaels 2, funny enough, at WrestleMania 26, which is actually a, actually a cover done by the band Placebo. Uh, the original is by Kate Bush, who also sang in a duet with Peter Gabriel. On uh, on uh, don't uh, don't give up on so it all comes full circle. It all comes full circle. Look at that. Yeah, WrestleMania 33. It's coming up in a couple of weeks. 
Chris, are you excited, man? WrestleMania 33? Uh, WrestleMania, baby! Woo! Woo! I, no, actually, I couldn't give any less of a fuck, but... <laughs> I, was ex- I was very excited to do this, this episode, though. This is a very fun episode. I just want, was, yeah. I, want, I want to squeeze in one more here, because it's our pal Head Cheese. Good old Head Cheese. Listen, Head Cheese, he's always out there promoting all podcasts that he loves, and I'm all about that. Uh, so our pal Head Cheese here, he gave us a little list. I'm just going to run through them all because it's Head Cheese, all right? So he deserves it. Yep, yep. Uh, he says, the WrestleMania 9 theme, crack addict, clean. He specifies clean. Uh, mm. Listen, Head Cheese is an upstanding citizen, not, not not a fan of the profanity. Not a fan of the potty mouth, of course, yes. Uh, behind those eyes, I dare you, letters from the sky, rise, and the one I was waiting for, and the one nobody, nobody mentioned, except for my man Head Cheese coming through, Leave the memories alone. Leave the memories alone. I want to Chris, this, I, like you said, this was a fucking blast to do, man. I love talking music with you so much. Let's uh, talk about what we've got coming up next. Chris, uh, tell us about episode six. Episode six of Music of the Mat. We're going to be taking a flight mm-hmm. over to Japan. Yep. Because as you know, this is... The NJPW Mecca. This is not Boys of Wrestling. This is NJPW Mecca. Let's be honest here. We all know what this is. Yep. We're going to be taking a flight over to, to Japan. We're going to be hanging out with our boy Kadani. Going to drink a lot of Coke with Kadani. <laughs> Drinking a lot of Cokes with Kadani. And uh, we're going to be taking a listen to the brand new release, just released earlier this month, NJPW Greatest Music 5. Definitely. It's our first ever album review. I am quite excited. A lot of great tracks on this one. A lot of newer tracks. Uh, too, we want to highlight that. Uh, of course, uh, Sonata's theme. My favorite. Which is going to be great. Yep. Uh, Takahashi's theme. Both Takahashi's, actually. Yeah. Hiromo and Yujiro. Both got new themes. Yeah. The uh, Rapongi Vice, which is fucking amazing. But the one that you're most looking forward the to. The one that I'm most looking forward to is, is, oh my, I cannot wait. The Gorillas of Destiny. Oh, I'm so excited. Let's be honest. There's nothing on this album that we're really going to hate. Yeah. So uh, just be prepared for an, an entire New Japan theme love fest here. The praise for Yonosuke Kitamura will be off the charts. Off the charts, yep. Because we are the unabashed New Japan apologists here at NJPW Mecca. Mm-hmm. So you should know what you're expecting going in. And I will say this. If you're someone who does not follow Japanese wrestling, has really no knowledge of New Japan, or just a very cursory knowledge... Don't be afraid to listen to that episode because, A, the music is going to be fantastic. Mm-hmm. Two, you know that we're going to break it down in the way that only we do, and you know it's going to be entertaining. And, D, we're going to have a special guest. A special guest, Chris, our first special guest. It's an episode of firsts, first album review for a special guest. And like you said, so excited to talk about the album, so excited to talk about the music, so excited to talk about... Adam Cole, baby! Adam Cole, baby! Adam Cole, baby! Adam Cole, baby! Um, cannot wait. It's the greatest thing of all time. It's gonna be fun. Well, that's gonna do it for this episode of Music of the Mat. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. Music of the Mat is part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network, home to a bevy of exciting fun, informative wrestling podcasts. you got the Voices of Wrestling flagship. You've got Open the Voice Gate. You've got the New Japan Procast, Shake Them Ropes, Burning Spirits. Brit Rest Roundtable, WrestleNomics Radio occasionally. You know, you got the K&P Show. Let's not forget about that. And, you know, Lands Unfiltered, if that ever happens again. Yeah, Lucha the Hidden Temple as well. 
Check all of those podcasts out and more reviews, columns, shows, you know, everything is at voicesofwrestling.com. Twitter, you can follow us on Twitter at Music of the Mat. It's just that simple. Or follow us on our personal accounts. I am at Andrew T. Rich, A N D R E W T R I C H. Don't even follow me, just follow at Music of the Mat. But I would like to plug someone that you should follow. I appeared on my buddy Tim Rooney's podcast, the Anything Goes podcast, and we did quite a review of the 1995 Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie in preparation for the new movie that's going to be coming out. Check that out, Anything Goes podcast. You can find it on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash Rooney 2 You can find it on iTunes if you just type in the Anything Goes podcast. You can follow Tim at Timothy Rooney 2 and you can follow the show at Ginger Geek Pod. Listen, if you like this show, similar type of vibe, really fun discussion, a lot of Ivan Ooze. It's just an Ivan Ooze love fest, all right? So, uh, so definitely check that out. And we will also be doing a review of Turbo, the Power Rangers movie, uh, this coming weekend. So look forward to that. Email us. You can do that as well. Musicofthemat at gmail.com. Again, just that simple. Head on over to the Voices of Wrestling forums where you can get in on the conversation. This episode, episodes past, episodes future, you know, topics galore, voicesofwrestling.com slash forum. YouTube page, Music of the Mat on YouTube. Chris sets up the playlists for all the themes that we talk about this episode. Check us out on there. And of course, Voices of Wrestling is on iTunes as well, the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. Uh, give us a five-star rating, a nice review. really helps with the metrics. So send us some love on there. Uh, we really appreciate it. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. Chris, finally, I'd ask you what we learned, but I have a feeling you're going to say it again. So please, just one more time. Whatever for, do you mean? For the people. Chris, you know what I mean, goddammit. Say it loud. Say it proud. The mic is yours. WrestleMania, baby. Woo! Little child. Woo! Adam Cole, baby. Woo! Oh, no. Oh, God. <laughs> That's going to be gonna all be, like, you will hear next episode. Look forward to it, folks. We certainly will. Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye. Music of the Mad is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. The songs used throughout this show are property of their respective copyright holders. Whoa. Oh, uh, yeah, sorry about that. That's my uh, roommates arguing about March Madness or something like that, you know. Well, sorry that's, about that. that's the tag at the end. Shut up. I'm recording a podcast, goddammit. It's about wrestling. Goddammit, this is wrestling, God. Shut up. It's WrestleMania. Ugh, goddamn. Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery.